Welcome to Coming Home with Julian Awad, where we discuss salvation through Jesus Christ, a production of Coming Home Ministries. It seems like these days it's darker and scarier than ever before. More people than ever seem to be afraid and full of so much insecurity. We don't know what's going to happen or what the next week or the next month is even going to look like. And so many of us out there are really concerned with our future. And not just this upcoming next few months or this year, but really what's coming for the rest of our lives. Well, that sounds like a good reason to start praying first. So let's kick this off with a prayer to the Lord. Lord Jesus, as we come to you tonight, I know that there's a lot of fear out there, concerns about the future, but we know that you're the answer. Tonight, Lord, as we take this time to honor you and to talk about your word, I just pray, God, that everyone that hears this will see you and hear your voice and not hear me, and that the words that we speak that come from your word, Lord, will penetrate our hearts. Lord, keep me behind your cross. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I just spoke to someone recently who's been out of work for almost a year. They seem to have lost hope and are really concerned about what the future is going to look like. And another who's lost his father suddenly. He was in very good health. And it broke him. For months he struggled. Struggled with why. And just really wondering what God's plan was for his life. I've also spoken to many others that feel like with the changes that are coming, that the future is dim and that our country is lost. And they even feel like so much of the church has been lost. They've lost hope. I can tell you this, everyone's looking for hope these days. We all want answers and we all want solutions. Most of us, all we really want is hope. Hope for a better today and a hope for a better tomorrow, but ultimately a hope for a better life. So many out there are looking for a hope for safety or a hope for security, and they hope most of all that their voice will be heard. We all want significance in our life and we hope that our lives will matter. The question is, where do you get your hope from? So do you place your hope in science or in medicine? I know a lot of people think that science was going to save us. It's going to save mankind. But even with all the wonderful inventions and all the new medicines and technologies that are out there, man, I thank God for how they've affected my life and the access to them that we have. But I can't place my hope in them. The technology fails us daily. And as we've seen, even with the new technologies in medicine, death is inevitable. People are still struggling. People are still going through diseases and cancer. We can't place our hope in them, but we can thank God when they do work. So do you place your hope in the economy? You know, how many people out there have had all the money in the world and have lost it? More so, how many more have had all the money in the world and still had no hope? Even some of them have chosen to end their own life while they were rich beyond imagination. 
when you place your hope in a rising economy or in wealth, you're always left with the same thing, just wanting more and having a sense that hope is just around the corner. And some people actually place their hope in luck or the lottery, some in hard work. But think about it. How many times have you worked really hard on something only to realize that no one's really appreciating your work at all? Some of us place their hope in their political leaders. They believe that their political leaders can save them. But over and over, we see the same thing, the same human failures in them. They're just people. They let us down over and over, and eventually their selfishness prevails in the end. The disciple Peter, who walked with the Lord, says we're to place our hope in just one place. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13, he says, Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, in other words, you know what you're actually doing, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. Huh. He's making sure that with a clear mind, a mind that's thinking and actually focusing, he's telling us to set our hope on the grace that is brought about when Jesus is coming back. That's right. Jesus is not only coming back, but we're to set our hope on that grace of God. So what is grace? I know we hear the word a lot, but I love this definition. It's unmerited favor. When you don't deserve it, but God pours out his favor on you regardless. So come to him with a repentant and humble heart and bathe in his grace and place your hope in him. But keep in mind, hope is not seen. Romans 8.24 tells us that. He says, for in this hope we were saved. That hope is Jesus Christ, by the way. And he says, but hope is that is seen is no hope at all. Again, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. It's true. And hope is also the essence of our faith. Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Imagine, you already had something, there would be no reason to hope in it. So it's something we don't have, and it's not something that we can see. That's where faith comes in. You know, when you're down, we need to put our hope in God. And the best way to do that is to praise Him. I can't tell you how many times when I've been in a tough situation, I felt my flesh rising up or taking over a situation just singing a song, even in my head to God, starting to praise him, how it had such an impactful, just right in that moment, changed everything. I recommend it. In the middle of anger, in the middle of defeat, in the middle of depression, it's so hard to do. Build a habit. Force yourself. Sing a song of hope. Sing a song of praise to God. David in Psalms 42.5 says, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. 
He's talking to himself, the essence of who he is, his own soul. He says, hey, soul, why are you downcast? And why are you so disturbed within me? But instead, put your hope in God. He's reminding himself, talking to himself even. And you know, when you need hope, you should look to the scriptures. There's nothing better than reading some scriptures that stir your heart, lift your spirit. Romans 15.4 says, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. Paul's being very clear here, talking about how the fact that the scriptures teach us and that through this endurance that's taught in the scriptures and the encouragement that they provide, we will have hope. Hope in what? In Jesus. And you know, even when the tough times come, you, you need to also know that the Lord uses suffering. He uses challenges and difficult times to produce hope. Romans 5, 20, uh, 2 through 5 says, Let us boast in the hope of the glory of God. Again, let us boast, right? Boast in the hope of the glory of God. Hey, everybody, I have hope in the glory of God. Boast in it. And not only so, let us also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering does what? Suffering produces perseverance. It makes you tougher. Right? It builds that character. If we go on, it says, we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. This is one of my favorite verses, and it's a reminder that every time there is a reason to give thanks to God and to begin to praise him, there's a reason to boast in the hope that we have in God, to know that God will use these tough times to produce perseverance and that perseverance character and that character hope. He will lift our spirits. And as we go down through this process, it always ends in hope. Hope that will not leave us full of shame, but hope that has been poured out into our hearts through that love, that the amazing work that the Holy Spirit does in this process. You know, as a believer, we have a hope in Jesus. It's a confident anticipation Colossians 1.27 says to them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you. What? The hope of glory. Christ in us to, Christ in, in, in us gives us hope in the resurrection and in our salvation through him. We end up having a hope. Because of the resurrection and because of the fact that he has given himself to restore us, to call us, to give us salvation, to atone for us. Ephesians 1.8 says, Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, which are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe? 
according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And it continues and it says, and he put all things under his feet, that's Jesus' feet, and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, that's you. The group of believers together, they are the body of Christ. And it says, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. We have more than just the confidence of our salvation. Our future is one full of riches and glory. There's an inheritance for all of the saints. There's an inheritance for all who have been chosen and called by him, who have surrendered their lives completely, who declare Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I want you to think about these dark times. Dark times can be a day long, an hour long, a week long, a year long, even a decade long, some have even said that their whole lives have been without hope and have been difficult to say the least. But I'm here to tell you that God is calling you into the hope of Jesus Christ. God is calling you to a different type of hope, not a hope in something that mankind has built, not a hope in something that has no basis for your future, not in a feeble hope. God is not calling you to something that's impotent, but full of power. He's calling you to boast about this hope that you have in God. And that source of hope, anytime you need it, to just be lifted up in your spirit again, to be full of that hope, comes with praise and within his word. That's the instruction book. Believer, I am telling you right now, when you are down and out, all you have to do is find that favorite song of yours and start to just worship the Lord. And watch the blessings start being poured out from heaven over you. Watch the Holy Spirit begin to comfort you and lift you up. That you might experience the fruit of the Holy Spirit right in that very moment. Oh, praise you, Lord. One of my favorite songs is a song about hope. And I'd actually like to play it for you and read you the words. It's not something I normally do, but this one's a really great song. It's called, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. O God, my Father, there is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not. Thy compassions, they fail not. 
as thou hast been, thou forever wilt be. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, all I have needed, thy hand has provided. Lord, I place my hope in you. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. It's a song of hope, and it's a reminder that God's hand is with us. For those that have been called into his kingdom have become children of God that have been born again and have the Holy Spirit living in them. We have a hope in the faithfulness of God. Every morning to open our eyes and see the new mercies, the wonderful things that he has planned for us, that he has given life to us for another day to serve him and to serve others. Great is his faithfulness. To not go wanting, but to know that he will fulfill every need. So my question is, why wait to place your hope in him completely? There's no reason to not start today. Jesus promised that he is going to return to earth. And I believe, ladies and gentlemen, that Jesus Christ is going to keep that promise. So are you ready? The hope of the coming Christ should make us walk as disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. Disciples. Not as someone who declares themselves a Christian, but someone who is a disciple. And what do disciples do? They study. They follow. They emulate. They commit their time, their efforts, to learn the depths and the intricacies of their Lord. We are to be the salt and the light in this world. It's a great commission that our Lord has given us. And we can't do it without placing our hope and trust completely in him. But he is faithful. And we are to work every single day as though Christ may not come for a thousand years and there's still so much to accomplish. But we are also to live as though he may come tonight. Don't waste another breath. Don't wait any longer. Place your hope in Jesus Christ and walk in the confidence of knowing that all things are in his hands. Place your hope in Jesus Christ and know that all things that you need will be taken care of. And place your hope in Jesus Christ and know that your future, whether it's one day longer or another 50 years, it's in his hands, and you don't have to worry. You know, if you don't have that hope in Jesus, you can have it today. If you don't know what it's like to be able to place your hope in him, he's got open arms ready to receive you. And if you're not sure you're going to go to heaven when you die, you're not 100% confident that you're saved, You can do that right now. You know, it always starts 
with understanding that we're called to fear God. Psalms 33.8 says, Let all the earth fear the Lord, and let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. So what do we mean by fear? It's the utmost respect for a just and holy and perfect God that created you and me, created all things. And when we can just wrap our minds around that, that he created all things with just his mind and speaking them into existence, then we develop the right kind of fear for God. The same kind of fear we would have for a judge or someone who's in authority over us. The same type of respect that we would have for someone that has given everything for you, that loves you, and was willing to sacrifice everything just to reconcile you back to him. That's the type of respect that we have for God. That's the type of fear that we have for our maker. And we have to admit that we are sinners, that we've broken his law, and that we're in need of a savior. All of us, every single one of us. You don't have to start today by doing something good or fixing your life in order to find Jesus. All that is handled after you find Christ. The Holy Spirit will empower you to live the Christian life and will take you through a process of transformation. You don't have to straighten your life out. You don't have to make yourself well before going to a doctor. Jesus is the great physician. He was really clear. He stated it wasn't the healthy who needed a doctor, but it was the sick. He said that he hasn't come to call the righteous, but the sinners. So come just as you are. And let him straighten out your life. You know, the blind man came just as he was. Mary Magdalene, with the seven demons inside, came just as she was. The drug dealer comes just as he is. The gang member comes just as he or she is. The drug or alcohol addict comes just as he or she is. The liar comes just as he or she is. You enter into the kingdom of God by faith. And you are justified by God by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. He, he solves that enmity bef- between us. God can't be near our sin. And it was Jesus that came and on the cross that solved that problem. He'll straighten you out. When you come, the Holy Spirit will transform you. You'll be born again and you'll hate sin. And you'll love the Lord and you'll love his law. You'll love the things of him. You'll want to be like him. You'll want to be a disciple of him. Ephesians 2 says it's by grace that we are saved through faith. It's unmerited favor that God gives us this gift of eternal salvation through faith. So just believe and make a commitment and surrender. Our lives are short, but eternity is long. Commit your mind, body, your emotions, your will, your soul. Commit it all because there's no other name under heaven that we can be saved by. You can't do anything to bribe God to let you to get into heaven. You can't do anything to be good enough. We're all in the same boat. And I'm asking you tonight 
by faith to call on Jesus Christ, to place your hope in him, to call out to God, call out to him and ask him to help you. Call out to him and ask him to save you. Tell him that you're a sinner, that you're sorry you repent and you want to go the other way. Ask him to transform you today. Tell him that you trust him and that you'll trust him for salvation going forward. He wants you just as you are. So turn your back on sin. Call out to Jesus and trust in him for salvation. And if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Place your trust in Jesus. Like Ray Comfort says, place your trust in him like you would place your trust in the parachute if you had to jump from a plane. It's with your heart that you believe and you are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith. So if you don't know what to say, you can just pray this prayer and repeat it after me. God, I know that I am a sinner and that the wages of sin is death. I believe that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, as a payment for my punishment. I declare that Jesus is my Lord and I profess my faith for salvation through the death and resurrection of Jesus. Thank you for your grace, forgiveness, peace, and gift of eternal life. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, your next step is to dig into the Word of God. Get a physical Bible and download the Bible app on your phone. Read it every day without excuse. Look for a Bible-focused church to get connected with other believers that will help you grow in the Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Fill my heart with your love Help me share it with my brothers Help me show them you're the one And beside you there's no other I just can't be strong This has been a production of Coming Home Ministries. For more information or to reach us, go to cominghomeministries.net.